0: I guess we can go ahead and uh, get started then.
1: Let's do it. Do it,
2: do All it. Right.
0: Yeah, so um, welcome everybody to uh, episode 11. I counted them this time. 11 of uh, <laughs> Exit <laughs> Interviews. Um, joining me t- tonight, I've got JX, my co host, and uh, uh, with us we have uh, CT Clobber in time. Thanks for joining us tonight, man.
2: Okay, no problem. Happy to swing by.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll go ahead and get started with uh, how did you uh, come across Marvel Contest of Champions and um, what made you want to start creating content for the game?
2: I mean, uh, I found New York Comic... or Well, I found Marvel Contest of Champions at New York Comic Con back in 2014. I just loved the game. I love the aesthetic. I love... Marvel Comics. I've worked in the comic book industry for a really long time as a vintage comics appraiser. So, I really like seeing characters come to life, whether it be through movies, uh, TV shows, or even games. So, when I saw that, I could get a chance to kind of try my hand at using all these different characters and fighting with them and playing with all these characters that I saw in the comics and read about. It's just... It's a perfect game for me. And... I started just documenting my journey on my Twitter account and posting funny stuff and just uh, uh, I wouldn't really say that I've started making content yet but <laughs> I definitely have a lot of stuff in the works
0: awesome uh, um, so about how long after you found the game did you really want to get involved with uh, Twitter and, um, and the Futurism Society and stuff like that Hmm.
2: Well, before all that, I founded, I was one of the three founding members of the MCOC Concierge, which is an infobot service similar to the MCOC Infobot. In fact, it's already merged with that online. Um, and that was back in like 2016. But I was, a, I was always pretty prolific over in line. I was big on those chat rooms. So if someone wanted mastery advice back in like 2015, 16, I was one of the people that you could come to. So I've always enjoyed helping people, but just kind of always gone to where there's an audience and the futurism society twitter all that stuff it's just a nice nice new part of it
0: yeah that's awesome so um uh how you talked about uh your m c o c concierge spot um how did you really get that going
2: uh like Origins, we, uh, a group of people were assembled. We were like, hey, let's build a bot and try and do things that other people weren't doing at the time. So we put it together, we made it run, and a few of us drifted apart, had some differences, and Chunky's now in full operational control of everything and it's fine. Like, I I don't have a huge hand in it nowadays, but towards the beginning, I, I had a part.
0: Okay, Um, so uh, so you said you started playing in twenty fifteen or fourteen.
2: Yeah, I (laughs) I downloaded the beta off of Norway using a Norway uh, iTunes account, but don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Uh, Okay, so so um, so you've been playing since the very beginning. Is um, is is there any uh, memorable like champs or eqs or um anything like that that you would like to see come back hmm
2: come back that's interesting um in terms of events that i'm surprised we haven't seen more of definitely something like maze related content the maze was a piece of content that dropped on like december of i think 2017 And it was a bunch of high intensity, high health pool, very challenging fights for honestly pretty bad rewards. It was not worth the time investment, but what was really fun and was worth the time investment was learning how to fight the newer, harder fights at the time. It was really difficult to get this content done, but it was manageable. It wasn't completely BS, but if you timed it right, you did it right and you put in the time to research counters you could get that stuff done pretty easily and that's the type of content that i want to see more of in mcoc content that really makes you go hmm and that makes you sit down and just really think about it
0: okay so i i wasn't i haven't been playing for for, since then um could you kind of like break down what like the maze was was it kind of like labyrinth where it was a locked screen or was it like could you go in and scout your path or what was that like hmm I don't remember if it
2: was locked or not but uh, the reason why it's so memorable to me is it was the first piece of content that I ever written or ever wrote and published a guide for so to quote verbatim from my guide that I wrote in 2018, that might've just been when I copied and pasted it into here. Uh, the Amazing Guide to the Maze. The maze has a modular structure, so you can really choose your own adventure. Only a few champions are actually needed for the full 100%, and they are as follows. A cold sap immune champion in Corvus, Sabretooth, Bishop, and Mephisto, a counter for Wasp, Korg, a, miship, or a magic Voodoo Morningstar uh, champion counters, and to pick your first path, Uh, Your first path should be chosen based on your highest-ranked champions. And then it kind of goes... So on and so forth. But the first clear, you need to take one of four branching paths. And every single time you take down a boss, you reconvene in a center path. And then you take down another four champions. But those champions are determined based on what path you choose. So there was, like, a a Korg with Biohazard. And there was uh, an Archangel with Aspect of War. And these guys had insane health pools for the time. But there were only, uh, like... Four to five champions on each path and you got to choose which order you fought the champions in you didn't have to go Korg Archangel um, Thanos champion you could go Korg then oh I want to fight the Medusa next instead of the the champion or whatever whatever order you decided to do it in you could do it in and that's what made the content really interesting to me
0: yeah that hmm. sounds awesome <laughs> that, that's, that sounds really cool like we could definitely use that in today's contest
2: Oh yeah, the community hated it back then though, because uh, there, were, there were no decent rewards. Like, I mean, a, a challenge might be cool and really interesting, but if the rewards aren't there and it's not worth the time investment, then some people just won't play it. And that's perfectly fine. But it's about making sure that whatever content does come out, that people enjoy it. And I really enjoyed that piece of content, but it's it's a really hard... And a really big pain point to talk about because a lot of people, like yourselves, weren't playing so they never got to experience it. And even though we're all pretty good at Korg now, he was only introduced a few months before that. So this was the only time that we could really see Korg in endgame content. Because keep in mind, during his first month in the game, he wasn't a boss. He was not a boss during his event quest, which means people were going into war fighting Korg blind. Which
1: yeah, I remember that.
2: That's pretty horrifying, all things considered, especially at the top. top. It scared me. Yeah. It <laughs> was so annoying. So, um. Uh,
0: so, you're in uh, one of the top alliances in Omni, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. We're, we've been top 25 since, like, uh, we were founded. But, yeah. What's up?
0: Yeah. So, uh. I what. Work could you uh, kind of tell me what that's like i mean I don't, i'm my alliance is only at silver 1 and uh, last week we had ink and he was telling us about how um his officers assign paths in in war and stuff like that do you guys do the same
2: yes so it's a little bit weird because i've been in an alliance for so long that's competing at this caliber i don't know what really the dif- what the differences are in between an alliance that's competing in the top five versus an alliance that may be in the top 500. Uh, I mean, for alliance quests, we get pass assigned before alliance quest takes off. Uh, we're assume, or like, there's kind of a, an unspoken rule that everybody has to complete their pass and they have to be on the ball and make sure that everybody clears at a respectable time so that we can all sleep like normal human beings. <laughs> but, um, like, right now in map seven, we're currently in section three right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a lot of experience with map seven or any of the specifics, nope. but we like moving. Uh, what maps do you guys normally play? Five.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So I mean, and usually by around this time, we're we're in the second section like halfway through the second section maybe.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That's for, pushing for me. it. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty easy like I think we haven't gone to X6 yet just cuz it's not worth it. But um definitely like it's crazy how the high tier like you're talking about like there's assigned paths, a lot of cool health pools and stuff like that. It's super challenging for my roster since and same with XNs. like we
2: have a such smaller roster than you do. Oh yeah. That is true. Uh, roster size is pretty pretty big like, a pretty big factor here. Because there's a lot of fights. There's a lot of challenging fights that you just need a right counter for. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So, um... Ha- whenever you're going into, like, a map 7, do masteries really t- play a part? Like, whether or not you have suicides or willpower or uh, glass cannon or something like that?
2: Oh, yeah. There's, uh... Masteries are incredibly important for a lot of stuff. But one of the most prominent examples of this is uh, in section 3, I take a fight it's a void. And this void has spiked armor and debilitate. Now, normally that's a pretty easy fight. You know, you go in um, you take them down and then you just walk right out. But you run into some complications with the epic modifiers in map 7. One of the most annoying ones that I took yesterday, and we take it day 2 for a reason, is the Cascading Failure Modifier. And if you don't know what that node does, every single time you crit the opponent, you get a timer on you. And then if you crit the opponent while that timer is still on you, you gain a debuff. Normally, it starts with a specter that reduces your healing by thirty-five uh, by 75%, then it goes into an armor break, then a weakness, and then through a few, few more things, but it eventually ends in a degen. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about.
0: <laughs> All right. I literally just played this node Today or it was the last AQ. I was uh, playing with Venom, and he was—he literally just got his crit buff. He got two crit buffs first, so I had to like hit him a couple of times, back off, hit him a couple of times, and back off just so that I didn't get the degen and die.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So and normally I, I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> normally, when taking
2: this node, the big thing you have to worry about is the final big boy degen. Like, if you get to that, you lose a lot of health, there's nothing you can really do about it. It's over. But, when you're fighting a Void, for every single debuff that is on you, and it's normally part of his abilities, and this is a little bit of an odd interaction, but he'll just start ticking away at your health. Crit him once, congratulations, you now have a debuff on you. And what that debuff does? Goodbye to your health. And also keep in mind that you need to get to 10 hits in your combo, pretty much every 10 seconds or so in order to stop Void's debuff from applying to you. So, it's a huge race, and there's no real way to play around it unless you're using a champion that can't crit, like Ghost played correctly, and Guardian, or even Quake, but all those or champions GNT run the risk. Yeah. 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 Guillotine 2099, Crossbones, all those are great options for it. But there's also Spiked Armor on the node, which won't trigger using those champions. So, it's just one of those things that's kind of pesky. But you also have to plan for two other paths that could require those champions, or could rule them out completely. I take paths in Section 1 and Section 2 that require me to bring uh, Freezer Burn champions. So champions that are immune to both Incinerate and Cold Snap. I have to plan for that in my team, and I have to bring Omega Red for certain fights. And some people on your team have to bring counters to the mini-bosses. Which, in this map, and in this rotation, is currently Sasquatch. So, there's tricky fights, and masteries can help a lot. Like, if you decide to remove your critical hit masteries, then you can really kind of play around Void a whole lot better. So, yeah, masteries matter a whole lot. And I should say this, but running suicides isn't a good idea against Void, pretty much, period. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, it with that being said um what who are some of your favorite champions that have been released over the past what six years
2: hmm. favorite champions in the game that's a good one i have to go for the good old-fashioned uh, ct or clobbering time <laughs> is short yeah they already know it's coming uh, is, sh- is the uh, expression, uh, the catchphrase of a Fantastic Four member, Thing. And I just yeah. absolutely loved Thing. I love his gameplay style when using the champion synergy. And you may remember when the synergy was first discovered, there was a video uploaded to popular YouTuber Seton Man of Legends channel, just showcasing off uh, kind of everything. That that champion synergy could do, and what a whole lot of people don't realize is the footage in that video is actually mine. All that gameplay, all that mechanics—it's it's all mine.
0: <laughs> oh no shit! Yeah. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Like, uh, so did Seaton reach out to you for the gameplay, or did you send it to him, uh, knowing that he was just going to use it anyway, or?
2: Uh, we're in an alliance together. All satan right. oh, uh, Seton's cool, been yeah. in Omni, like pretty much uh, like 75% <laughs> of it. So I was just showcasing him off in the alliance. Uh, they were just kind of being bragged, talked about, and then it was like, yeah, could I use this for a video? I sent up to a Google Drive file. Yeah, no. Uh, Omni's had pretty much every single large YouTuber in it at least at some point. The only exceptions to that are Dork Lessons and Brian. Brian's pretty much been in 4Loki for forever and Dave is just I wouldn't really consider him playing like a top 20 account or a top 20 alliance account
0: hmm okay so um with uh with all that how many uh, youtubers have you connected with and how many have you uh, y- either used their videos or used your videos
2: hmm. that's an interesting one um Off the top of my head, when the Champion boss was first coming out, he was a pretty difficult, uh, pretty difficult guy. And everybody was kind of scared for how he was going to be taken down. And you remember back in the day when MMX were the big boys. They were the kids on the playground with all the cash. And they, Champion was released on like a Thursday. And War and Alliance War planning, happened and ended on friday so we matched mmx iv we matched these big boys with pockets so full of gold that they could buy cav crystals until they got the champion and let me tell you they got the champion both literally and figuratively (laughs) we fought three champion bosses maxed out as five stars the day after he came out and i was the person who took the boss fight in uh, whatever BG it was. And I was told, hey dude, if you screw up, fine, but record it so we know for the future. And I recorded that boss fight. I soloed it with 10 seconds left with a rank four magic. That video got shared pretty much everywhere. Um, I know Legacy did a video on it uh, using the footage. I know Hector uh, did a video on it using the footage. And I... I pretty much gave everybody free rights. I, that was like two years ago, so I haven't really checked up on it, but stuff like that, I'll release to the community and if people want to use it, they can use it. Um, in terms yeah, that's of- That's awesome. Yeah. In terms of other stuff, I've been on call. Um, if you watch Legacy's Legends runs, I'm usually a voice in the back explaining stuff or answering chat questions, and I've done the same for Hector and uh, Brian Grant as well. Yeah, that's
1: how I found it. Nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to the Brian yeah. Grand Abyss stream?
1: Uh, no, I think it was before that. I think I found you through, yeah, like you just mentioned earlier, like the Seton streams. Like, I've I've heard you on call. Uh, <laughs> I forgot who it was, but, yeah, and I've seen your videos. I was trying to remember who, who I saw you from. You said the Thing video, so I think that's when I first found out about you.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I think the first time I found out about, about CT was uh, I was in the UMCOC Discord. So... And you are in there a lot, given a lot of uh, (laughs) advice. They did interview you for a show, too, didn't they?
2: Yes. So uh, earlier in this podcast, I've talked about founding the MCOC concierge and the three founders. I was one of them. And one of the other ones, one of the other founders of the MCOC concierge was uh, Dragon from the UMCOC podcast. And, you know, uh, we both kind of stepped away from that project, but one day I get a DM from her saying, hey, you want to start a podcast? And that was the birth of the UMCOC podcast, but I was, uh, I unfortunately have a lot of, my work is very busy, I don't have a whole lot of time to devote to certain things, and I'd love to devote more time to MCOC, but unfortunately all of that is pretty much spent keeping up in my account, making sure that things run quickly, but... For the first few episodes of the UMCOC podcast, I was a co-host, like, way back when, when they were first starting out, I think even before they started numbering the episodes. So, uh, yeah, UMCOC Fun. podcast is, like, deep in my heart.
0: Dang. I love those wow, people. okay. <laughs> I, I <didn't> That's know. <laughs> awesome. I didn't either. <laughs> um, so, So, kind of, could you kind of, like, walk us through, like, how that all came to be? I mean, like... Um, you hooked up with Dragon, and how did you guys hook up with deacon and uh j j w and all of them
2: uh Deacon was a late addition to the podcast i mean compared to everybody else. he joined as a sound editor long after I was gone uh or long after i stepped away uh j j w owned the server and that 's where we hosted it because it was the closest thing we could get to like a a call with recording capabilities. <laughs> I don't okay. think we even found Craig at that point.
0: Wow. <laughs>
2: Speaking of Craig, so... he uh he left. So I, yeah. Oh,
0: son a right. oh, bitch. That's all right. Well, I'll just get the. But then we're streaming. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, you. But uh, yeah. So you were with the UMCOC podcast um for a little bit, and then did you just kind of leave that to uh? Do your own thing or or what did you do after that
2: it was just time it was just uh, my personal and professional life are just very demanding at the moment with everything uh, okay. I, I just do a lot and unfortunately I don't I didn't really reinvest the time back into the MCOC community even though I feel like I've taken so much and I've watched so many content creators for so long I I do want to take steps and start creating content uh, that really caters and makes the content that I would like to watch.
1: Oh, yeah, man. You're, yeah, yeah your guide for
2: the uh, Night Thrasher was awesome. So. <laughs> uh, so. I, I'm so happy. I have a... So that was... I made that in a day. I was... Uh, I made that in about, yeah, four and a half hours. Um, so, for context, I started doing a series called 90 seconds or less i i say started because i have another six episodes that i've just kind of been revising and making sure that they work well okay (laughs) um but uh kabam sphinx was on the podcast the OMCOC podcast and she was like oh hey i really like night thrasher but i don't know how to play him and I was like, oh, <laughs> I got a treat for you. So I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was I went ahead and slapped together uh, a nice little quick thing for her. But there's a, a lot of things about that video that I have just kind of refined and kind of washed away. But okay. I'm uh, That quick guide content, like if you can watch a video and get a champion's information and all relevant info, in like ninety seconds or two minutes, depending on the complexity of the champion, then you've sold it. You've sold that champion guy, and you might have seen uh, Brian Grant. He recently did a very quick Warlock style video. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. He also did the same with a uh, Sorcerer Supreme, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a breakdown.
2: Those quick style breakdowns, I really enjoy them, and I'm so happy. Like, even though we're like I really respect the guy and I appreciate him but competition brings innovation and I really like a lot of the things that he did and I'm going to try and incorporate them into my own work as well because it's all really fantastic and I I love seeing what the community can
0: create yeah so um, about about how much time do you spend playing uh, MCOC versus like uh, hanging out or doing whatever working or whatever Hmm.
2: i i'm a workaholic <laughs> uh, i spend a lot of time like just um like my day is normally wake up at six uh go for a jog get dressed take a shower get a cup of tea go to work um or school if i'm i'm currently continuing my education right now but it's just cool. nonstop. stop bop 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 like get up at the crack of dawn, go do something and then come back and then be so tired from the day that I just sleep instantly. And then MCOC has found its way into my schedule by just being like, hey, uh, come do a Or hey, come for a quick planning session for Alliance War. And I have, I've just been, my weekends, I like to devote to doing cool things or like stuff that I can only do while I have that time or while I have the opportunity to like uh, do something that's really awesome, you know. Like I'll go parachute diving or something, but all that kind of went in the gutter with COVID. Right. You know, we can't really do much, so I decided to learn how to video edit. It. Like before. March of this year I'd never touched Premiere Pro and I found it on myself to be like hey what do I want to do how can I do it and how can I force myself to learn how to do it <laughs> and that's kind of how life kind of traveled there
0: right on so like because of COVID you're just kind of sitting in and editing videos now versus going out and experiencing other things
2: yeah, definitely. It's uh, <laughs> I would really say it's a uh, it's like there's an opportunity cost, but I have so much fun doing it. It's right, uh,
0: it's really no, that's fun, else. that's awesome. Um, so do you have like a, a future champion guide that you want to work out or that you have planned on for your channel next?
2: Hmm, I definitely say my guardian one is the closest for me being happy with it. Uh, I posted. I have a secondary Twitter account that I'll just dump stuff on. If I feel like it's just something that's kind of funny and I want to remember it for later, I'll dump it on my secondary account, which is just Clobber and tomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm too pleased with that name. Um, but I, back in late November, I was recording voice lines for that guide, and I made a, a verbal typo. And I said... Um Guardian is a Canadian engineer uh and then I flubbed the w. Like Guardian is a Canadian <laughs> engineer and then uh <laughs> I decided to completely dub that over uh and make it into the style of a guide so that it was like you were watching a real guide from me and then that happens uh, I drop an f bomb and the video ends. <laughs> uh, but yeah that's um <laughs> But the Guardian Guide, I've had in the works for a while. Um, I'm super happy for where it is right now, but a lot of the footage and a lot of the time, if I'm only spending two hours editing and I need to get footage of Guardian auto-blocking Collector's Special 2, the only way that I can get that footage is fighting my way through 5.2, getting to the Collector, using Guardian to hit Collector up to a Special 2, hoping my three-star doesn't die in that time frame, and getting the percentage chance to auto-block correctly. And then that can take, like, that took me, I think, four hours to get the footage for. Wow. Um. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. But.
0: Okay. So, um, so with the uh, new champions coming out, um, uh, Super Scroll and Psycho Man, how do you feel about them?
2: <laughs> I am a Fantastic Four Night. You can see it in my name. You can see it yeah. in my brand. You can see it pretty much everywhere. And Psychoman and Fantastic Four are Fantastic Four champs. And I love that they're being added to the contest. The more the merrier, I say. And I'm so happy that we're getting deeper cuts, especially in Psychoman. I love Gabe and pretty much everything that Gabe creates. Uh, Gabriel Frazera, who's on Twitter as well, under xGabo. He's the creative director for MCOC. And... the. Tre- Teaser that he dropped for this month was that it was a deep cut F four champion, and that to me, like four words, it's very hard to please me in four words. But those four words did it. <laughs> you say deep cut Fantastic Four, and I'm like, mmm. <laughs> now we cooking.
0: <laughs> That's oh. awesome. So, um, have you do you know any of the lore behind the champions?
2: Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who do you want a backstory okay. on? <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, uh, either one, if you if you'd care to explain.
2: <laughs> uh, let me make sure that I get my first appearances correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's, he has them, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I could rummage through the boxes to my left and right and see if I could pull him out on my first go, but uh, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, psycho. Er, there's two champions here, uh, Super Scroll and
0: Psycho, Psycho Man. Man.
2: Yep. One of these, uh, Psycho Man is the deep cut. If we're talking deep Fantastic Four lore, he's the guy that I'm like, cool, that's a deep cut. I don't really know too much about him, but I'm definitely adding those books to my reading list. So cool. I may not know as much about Psycho Man at the moment, but I will when he comes out. <laughs> uh that's awesome. He's essentially he's from the negative zone from what I remember or he harnesses a large amount of his power from the negative zone. He's uh going for world domination. He is a villain and he's just uh his power set is really weird. This is back when Kirby was trying to going through his hand-fates. Um so you may know that in classic Kirby fashion the Spider-Man thwip where Spider-Man, when he's swinging webs, originally, he only shot, like, a finger gun in the air when he was shooting his webs. But over time, Kirby gradually added the pinky being out. And that happens in pretty much every Marvel hand gesture over time, simply because I think it was just easier to draw. So, Doctor Strange, originally, when he was casting his spells, it was only just a finger gun. And then Kirby, over time, added a pinky, just for extra added emotion. And Kirby loved drawing characters in this way that allowed him to push the medium, or just makes things easier for himself. So, when Kirby was designing a character like this, one of the things that he really liked doing is he liked drawing large, cl- like large crowds reacting to something. If you read early Spider-Man, there's multiple arcs involving huge protests or huge, large-scale, just. Meetings of people sharing a similar emotion and This character, which is a Kirby creation, has the ability to manipulate and influence large amounts of people through their emotions So this character is essentially a cheat code for uh, Jack Kirby. Kirby could be like, oh cool. We're doing psycho man in this issue. I'm gonna have uh, This means I get to draw an entire flock of people all with incredibly angry faces and I can get away with it because it's Psycho Man. And when you have those characters, like it's a scapegoat luxury character for this artist, but he's so influential in comic book form that he gets away with it. And having that type of character added to MCOC where it is a, it's an excuse character. It's an excuse for Kirby to do something cool. I know that the people behind MCOC know this as well. So I think Psycho Man is coming because it's an excuse for them to do something cool. And I can't wait to see what they needed an excuse to bring Psycho Man into the contest for. Because we've seen those spinning dies with emotions on them, I wonder what yeah. they're going to do. I yeah, wonder no, what they're going
0: to do. That's pretty cool. Um, so with him being from the negative zone, do you think he'll have like a, a uh, synergy with Annihilus or, or something like that?
2: Of course. So if you guys follow MCOC Twitter or social media, which probably do, mm-hmm. you remember yeah. that they push these maps of the battle realm. and yeah, one of the only spots available in the Fantastic Four branch is a spot connecting to Annihilus and to Invisible Woman. That's probably where Psycho Man's gonna fit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd put I'd put my chips on there being a Psycho Man Annihilus energy. I don't see any reason for it right. not to be.
0: Right. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so with, uh, with him, uh, fear, what is it? Fear, hate, and doubt? Fear, hate, doubt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kirby's so, three emotions. Uh, yeah, how do, you, how do you think those will play into the contest?
2: Hmm. Well, we've seen people have doubt in the contest before. One of the worst champions in game has a mechanic that involves doubting yourself. Ebony Maws, falter. (laughs) We've seen uh, champions be afraid of something or just not willing to connect. And we've had... I could see him involving a miss mechanic. I could see him involving some sort of weakness that makes you regret yourself. It's like your internal compass of... uh, Why am I blanking on that? Um... But your internal compass is just broken and you can no longer you no longer have full confidence in your attacks and your hits glance and you your hits can miss depending on what side he's willing to influence you on and those that manipulation i could see being a large factor of it and he on the offensive could turn those abilities on you and with those abilities i could see him having glancing or miss to weave in more heavy attacks or things to kind of convince whoever you're fighting that they are inferior, so that they allow themselves to do something different or hit weaker or be more vulnerable to certain attacks. But, and I want to preface this or preface this with saying this: Psychoman, as I explained before, is a Kirby excuse, and I'm thinking that MCOC and the people behind MCOC are going to do something crazy here. And just knock it out of the park with something that I don't even see coming.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. So, are you are you a part of the uh, CCP?
2: I am not. I. Uh, oh really? It's. <laughs> Everybody gets this. I, I the amount of times I've been asked, "Hey, are you CCP?" and I've just been, "Nope." <laughs> uh, it's actually. Hold up. I want to ask you a question. What okay. makes you think I'm CCP? Just like i always thought you were i don't
0: i, I ask everybody, i ask everybody so i, got you. I don't know uh, to be honest if it really doesn't matter whether you are or not uh for to me but i mean some people have a reason why they joined the ccp so that's kind of what i was going towards um
2: hmm. i have a reason why i haven't applied if that's something
0: uh, yeah go ahead
2: I just don't think I'm good enough yet. I don't think I've created enough content to really go for it. I don't. If I applied, I don't know if they they're gonna let me in. And I want to make sure that if I do get in, that it's a slam dunk. Like I'll send in my application. They'll be like, oh hey, cool, it's CT. Let's let 'em in. Like not like, ah, eh, should we let 'em in? Uh, okay. So. No, like- yeah,
0: that's. I mean, that's a good <laughs> good answer. I yeah. mean, I haven't applied. I, and there's probably a reason why I haven't applied because I just started this podcast not too long ago, and I have no viewers on YouTube. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, but, uh, man,
2: enough time, you can pretty much do everything.
0: Right. That's yeah. that's kind of the reason why I started this was to to get in the heads of other MCOC players <laughs> and just see how they how they do things. I mean, it may be a little bit different from somebody else that that uh, you know. That I interviewed before, or it may be the same, and you have a different result. You know, it, it could be. It's it goes both ways. So I got you. Um. But yeah. Uh. So. Um. Do you help people with abyss runs or labyrinth runs or anything like that? You do. You, do you uh, reach out to the community in any way?
2: Uh, I help with planning. I uh, So, before the current Legends Runs format, where you would have huge amounts of... All right, so... Hold up, let me restart this slot. Before the current run, the Book 2.1, there was a change to the Legends Run format. In the past, you would go into this event and then... That's it. That's your time from start to finish. With the newest release though, it's the only fight to- it's only fight time that counts. So, you can take in take time in between to really just do anything. And sometimes you can just prep and make sure that things that you're doing are smart and achievable and uh, just nice and you can knock them out of the park. However, with the most recent edition, you don't have to worry about preparation at all. You can go in completely blind uh, as long as you have enough knowledge of MCOC and just storm right through it. In the olden days, before this version of MCOC and Legends 1 happened, or happened I would get calls, I would be on call from the time the content was released to the time that Legacy went live. For whatever the content was, planning out stuff, trying to optimize routes for a newest piece of content, and making sure that whatever happens happens when it happens, and making sure that his routes are optimized and that if in the event that he goes for a Legends run, which he hasn't not gone for one yet, it's the, flaw- it's the flawless Legends run you've ever seen. And I'd just be on call with him prepping, making sure that things were working out correctly, and other people would be with us, and it would be this huge thing. And it would be this huge, massive thing. And, uh... Yeah. I love prepping and planning for stuff like that. I love doing stuff like that.
0: Okay. So, ha- have you ever gone for a Legends run yourself?
2: <laughs> yes, I have the Legends title in-game. I got it back okay. in... Uh, <laughs> 2017, I think? Uh, during the first year that it was available. Nice. 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 <laughs> so
0: uh how did you get your le- your legend's title?
2: <laughs> uh fun story. Uh, it was the Iceman 12.0 uh monthly quest and I used a rank 4 unduped 5-star OG Spider-Man oh.
0: to get my legends really? title. stable.
2: Wow. Yeah. And keep in mind back in this uh back in the day the 5-star pool was incre- incredibly limited and Five stars hit a lot harder than four stars did at the time. And this was just a result of challenger rating coming into the game and being unrefined. Uh, The 12.0 era was a mess. And if you wanted to get Aladdin's title during that month, you had to use a a five star rank three or five star rank four. And you had to use it to clear that content. And one of the most viable options at the time was Spider-Man. And five star rank fours back then are about as rare as six star rank threes. So having the right one and going through that piece of content in like a really quick manner, eh, pretty hard to do. Yeah,
0: that 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 would be pretty tough. Um, What were what were the uh, was it still uncollected? Was that the highest uh, EQ back then?
2: Ah. I think it was master and heroic uncollected got added a little bit later or a little bit later
0: okay so um are there any champions that you foresee coming to the contest Uh, coming to the contest
2: hmm uh, that's a good question and actually I've done a whole written document on who I think are coming to the game based on the uh, MC, like the MCOC wish list and the MCOC uh, guide to the battle room. I've done a huge written document on that. I think it's thirteen pages, just kind of breaking down every single slot. Have you and released it that? Coming. I I have. I've tweeted it out on Twitter, but. Dang, really. Uh, I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, I missed that too. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I have my list, but it's uh, probably you have all the good connections. I'm guessing. <laughs>
2: I was. It's upsetting because the first block. All right, 13 pages of images. Yeah, Slayer's. <laughs> Slayer's closer to that. Um,
1: yeah, I linked mine. I,
2: I'm going to look
1: at the two and see if we got the same connections. I'm curious.
2: Well, I mean, my first guess was uh, Negaman, Man, not Psycho Man, <laughs> but at least I got the man part right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's close. I did, and even from the negative zone. <laughs>
2: I did get a. I did get Super School right, though. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. So, I'm currently one for two. So, we'll see. See so, how you know, the rest of the year
1: shapes up. So, you uh, you made this. So, how, why don't you do theorizing videos on, on your YouTube channel? That's something I really like to do is connect to the community and get all these cool feedbacks and try to make videos to help people see what might come to the contest and help them out
2: with comic book knowledge. So content that i like to make is eternal content content naturally just has a lifespan if you're making a guide for a video that can be or if you're making a guide for like say this month's event quest that video is dead the time that you invested into it just poofs as soon as that video uh, as that month is over and i don't want to make temporary content the content that i want to make uh like champion guides, are going to be permanently relevant, as long as that champion's still in the game. Like, if I- I spend a lot of time editing my videos, I'm very picky with (laughs) the type of videos that I upload to my channel. And I probably would have finished my editing of this video right about now, when next month's champions were already coming out. And that information would probably already be outdated by the time that I put the video out. So, while I enjoy theorizing about that stuff, I'm fine doing it on Twitter and through secondary measures, like large Google Docs.
1: <laughs> okay, you yeah, know, that makes sense. You have like a higher understanding of content. A lot of creators don't understand when they make videos, so I really like that about you. <laughs> I, I, uh,
2: I worked with, in uh, analytics and data analysis, and I just, stuff like this, I'm in my own head, I am my own worst enemy when it comes to success, because I'll just sit on something, be like, ah, I'm not gonna put it out. And who knows, it might have done really well, but, hey. I feel it. I my own so, um...
0: Down. So, who were some of the champions that you think uh, are actually coming to the battle room? I don't think we actually got an answer. You just got your...
2: <laughs> okay, my victory. answer's on the blocks. My um, prediction po- recap. Okay,
1: yeah. I was going to post it, but yeah, you go ahead. <laughs>
2: Negaman, uh, Frankie Ray, Nova, Null, Voidman, Odin, Hercules, who I'm not counting if they're right, uh, a champion that has technically been data mined, so I won't say it directly here, but also doesn't count if right, Thunderbird, Nimrod, Agatha Harkis, Nighthawk, Guy Max, Spider Man 2099, Spider Man War, and Variant Ancestry Guillotine. That's okay. not counting um, Super Skull, who I guessed correctly, and that's already gone away, but those are champions that I foresee coming to the contest soon.
1: Nice, dude. We have, we have like minds, man. <laughs> A lot of those
2: I like, yeah. like I chose as well, so it's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So do you think uh, Agatha Harkness is going to come in lieu of uh, the WandaVision TV show?
2: Yes, I think that it's going to be linked in that regard, because I mean, the block is only uh, connecting I mean, it's only connecting the Visions to the Visions. Unless it's going to be, like, uh, another champion that appears in the show, who I'm not going to directly talk about if you haven't seen the show yet. In an effort to kind of mitigate spoilers if you haven't seen it. But um,
0: uh, I've seen every episode. I don't know about yep. you guys.
2: Yeah, I have. Of
1: course. Yep. Of course,
2: guy. I stay updated on all that stuff, too. But I've been spoiled too many times by people talking about things in past tense, future tense. Like, one of the viewers watching right now might have not seen it
1: yeah and i
2: don't want right. to spoil something for the show and i spoil something that's pretty honestly fantastic so <laughs> yeah that's my stance on
1: it there's, there's lots of cool easter eggs in the show like I, oh yeah um the other gabe el gaberino he he like he loves to post the <laughs> cool easter eggs like there was like the wizard uh which is the awesome wizard,
0: that was that was a cool easter egg yeah. i didn't even notice that until he posted it
2: so. yeah i like to think of uh Gabe's Twitter feed as just like my raw if I posted every single thing that I thought about like about <laughs> that would pretty much be the unofficial Gabe's Twitter account it's amazing Yes.
0: Yeah, so we didn't really talk about uh, your role in the Futurism Society um, so who, how did you kind of get involved with that who asked you to be a part of it and um, why did you say yes
2: um i pretty much say yes to anything content related. <laughs> I don't really turn things down, oh, which, I mean, hey, if someone else is taking the risk and making the content, I'm fine being a cog in their machine as long as the output is just finaster, whatever they're going to make. I'm fine playing a role in someone's content. And I was invited because I was one of the people who filled out one of the original brackets and for the uh tournament that they ran with um that gabe ran tournament. with Deacon. Yeah. Yep. and i was just hit up like hey you want to join a cool society and i was like sure i i love cults and then yeah here we are
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um so what uh kind of role do you have in the futurism society
2: Absolutely a good scene. Um, I'm kind of a general lore reference guy. If they're ever talking about comics and stuff, I can sometimes chime in uh, and just kind of correct them if they're wrong and explain <laughs> it or continue it on stuff if they're chilling. Plus, there's other stuff that happens in the society that I can lend a hand in. Uh, when they're assembling their big lists for tournaments and upcoming tournaments, uh, my comic knowledge can lend a hand in making sure that lists are complete. And Poland Champion's over.
0: So uh, Slayer says you're the local comic knowledge expert. <laughs>
2: yeah. I am... Um, uh, yeah.
0: I. So... Go ahead.
2: I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but one of the side things that I do is uh, comic book grading and appraisal. So I've been in the hobby for a really long time, actually. And I've been mainly looking at old people's comic book collections and saying, Hey, this is a 6.5 and is worth this amount of money. Thank you. I will leave now. And <laughs> I've just enjoyed spending time with that. And it's a good, good pastime. Uh, but my comic book knowledge is very much based in uh, like the actual books. Cause a lot of people came into the hobby through the MCU, which I'm very excited about. Cause that means that more people like the thing I like. And that's, Pretty awesome. Yeah. But, uh, I came so, into the Marvel Universe and DC Universe and Image and SkyMax and everything else through the books themselves. All right. Sorry about that.
0: No, you're good. Um, I came in th- through the books as well. We used to go to, like, this place called the Old Book Barn and pick through <laughs> old comics. And my, me and my brother would always – I would always pick through X-Men and he would always pick through, like, Batman or Green Arrow or something like that. So – Um, about how many comics have you read?
2: (laughs) Uh, I could not tell you. Um, So for anime, uh, which is something that I'm vaguely aware of, there's a website called My Anime List that allows you to kind of categorize what you've seen and what you like. And I think it might also provide recommendations. Um, But if there was an equivalent for that for comic books, I would love it. But because there isn't, I would guess that I've probably maybe uh, I've read pretty much all of the Silver Age for like Stan and Kirby's runs together. So, like yeah. original X Men, FF1 through 102, just all that stuff. My dad had me hooked on that stuff from a very young age. Um, but I've I couldn't put a number on it, but it's high. <laughs> the number is something
0: let's just say all of them yeah,
2: I wouldn't say that there's so much that was produced from like the 70s to the uh, especially early 2000s that I have not even touched but I'd say my strong suits are definitely from nineteen like forty five to 1969 and from 1999 to like 2020 essentially would be my big areas of knowledge
0: Nice. Okay. So, um, with that being said, do you read the uh, lore in game?
2: I do. I. I don't. I. I can talk about this. It's fine. I was debating whether I should talk about something or not, but if you follow um, Frontline MCOC, I was asked to inventory and kind of dialogue or well I asked him if I could inventory and dialogue Yes. Right, inventory the dialogue so that oh. we have a permanent record of everything that has been said in MCOC and I'm working on getting write-ups for every single month so that when the month ends the stories don't get lost to time Dude, that's, uh, oh,
1: that's,
0: that's i've really I've, cool. Yeah,
1: I've been trying to do that and I've like, can someone else do this for me? Because <laughs> I, I've I been I've been making a list of every single tease champion by Kabam, either indirectly or directly. Like I think Slayer said Iron Spider-Man, like he was in the motion comic. So I was like, mm-hmm. I went through all the motion comics, put all the champions that aren't in the game, and I was like, I gotta go to the dialogue but there's so much dialogue. It's absolutely insane. Uh,
2: so for indexing, I was originally going to type it by hand. And then I realized I could just use technology to solve a problem that I have. So I used um, image recognition software to recognize text in the footage I recorded and copy that down into um, a text document. And then I just got to remove everything else that isn't dialogue. And it's just all nice it takes like whatever the time it is to clear the quest plus about maybe 45 minutes more. So definitely it it is being archived. It is being set. If you want to read a little bit, then I got you.
0: Okay. So, um, with, with that, uh, what are some of your favorite, uh, moments in lore from the contest? Hmm.
2: Uh, Probably Night Thrasher and Darkhawk's month. Just the end uh, cinematic and the teases during that. (laughs) If you aren't aware, Night Thrasher and Darkhawk came out in December. And Night Thrasher was following a hidden signal that was leading him to a beacon. And that beacon is the Fantastic Four beacon. And that is what led to the Fantastic Four being reintroduced through 2019. And that by far is my favorite storyline because in the back of my mind, I was internally hoping like, give me the Fantastic Four. Please tell me this is leading to the Fantastic Four. Like, give this to me. Because I'm not sure uh, if you guys have seen this, but back in Comic-Con, the 2018 Comic-Con, so back in October, there was a print made called the original twelve. yeah it was limited to 200 copies and given out at the new york comic-con booth for mcoc it's- and it is the silhouettes of eight of the 12 original competitors in the marvel contest of champions and the four blank spots are in the back and they're all standing together and i love talking to gabe and i he's told me things that i don't think anybody has anybody knows in mcoc Ooh but spicy yeah i have them written down somewhere i just gotta find them but he was like yeah you might like those characters <laughs> and i was like oh i wonder who they could be <laughs> wow uh so that so, combined with a mysterious four ports or four parts of a beacon leading to a single location just was like mm, it's gonna end where i think it's gonna end yeah that's awesome man
0: that's awesome um slayers asking if you guys archive the older quests like 2014 to 2017
2: back issues yes everything else is kind of in flux because we don't have direct access to it you're gonna try to
1: go to i mean i what i was doing i was like going searching up that certain quest like the first x-men quest in the game you know that's you know so many years ago so i had to like
2: watch someone else play it live and that's how i was doing it Some people do make videos, but one of the things about MCOC event quests is that the dialogue is spotty. So you can have, like in the uncollected quest this month, there are six lines of missing dialogue that are included in the master version of this month's quest. Hmm. And it happens pretty much every month. Um, And it's pretty spotty, unfortunately, but I usually play through two quests to kind of correlate them. And make sure that they fit together cleanly but it's if you're only playing one difficulty and only reading the dialogue for that one difficulty like um, there's a yeah it's pretty much every month uh, mr. King in chat is saying that that spotty dialogue happened with Apocalypse and Professor X and Jax posted a copy of the print uh, the original 12 print with the four silhouettes in the back that are the fantastic four okay (laughs) but yeah yeah Oh, uh, that is an amazing, amazing print. I think I have, like, five of the 200 copies of it. <laughs>
1: oh, oh really? I wish fun. I had one, yeah. man. <laughs> like, you have the biggest yeah. MCOC collection, man. I'm so jealous. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
2: that's funny because I work... Uh, one of the side things that I do is I work in and around a comic book shop and in inventory. So one of the bits that I did in a video that's... Um, I refer to them as high-concept videos. They're, book, they're videos that just take an obscene amount of time, like fully scripted everything. Um, and I tease them over on my Seconds Twitter account. But I this is the background for one clip. And this, uh, it doesn't show it in the clip, but these, wall of Funko Pops, all MCOC Funko Pops, mind you, And this wall is actually two pops deep, except for the row of Punisher 2099s, because I hold a Punisher 2099 later in the clip. I do not own these, I only have one set, Um, but the one in the upper right-hand corner that Howard the Duck is signed by, I think, uh, all the prominent members of the community circa 2018. So it got Seaton's signature, it got Dorky Diggity Dave's signature, um, a few people who have left the community, like um, Vex, he uh, he has a signature in there, but um, all that signed memorabilia. And funny part is that Howard the Duck specifically was the prize for winning uh, the in- like a day at New York Comic Con. I bought all the Funko Pops off of Legacy because he was like, I can't hold these, dude. Do you want them? Uh, and I was like, Yeah, sure. Here's. The retail value of these pops, so that Howard specifically was the one that they used for display at their booth uh, from New York comic con from that year, and it's just and the box is signed by everybody. I went around and got it signed but um that one's in my personal collection all the other ones are just from a warehouse so
0: <laughs> that's awesome yep so <clears throat> with that being said uh, how many comic cons have you been to and do you think there will be another one this year
2: that's uh that's a good question because i've i've been to comic con from both sides i've been from an exhibitor and fan standpoint um i would i would say i've probably been to like i've been going to comic con since like 2005 2006 Oof, for a while yeah Wow. Yeah. Sunday Kids Passes, man. They were free for so long. <laughs> I was three years old that, when you went for the first time. Yeah. Uh, I would get smuggled in like a trade backpack. No, I was young when I started attending. My my dad is very into the business, and he cool. passed that on to me. Uh, um, but uh, New York Comic Con for this year? I mean, I love going to Comic Cons, and I love them being uh, official, I actually, it, this is this is a funny story. Actually, on I forget what day it was, but someone was talking about New York Comic Con, and I got an email from Read Pop, who are the people that put on New York Comic Con, and it was, I think I was the only person to post about this publicly, but they confirmed a date uh, on January second or twenty second. I tweeted this out, and technically, this is the first person on the internet to share this information publicly. Uh, but looks like New York Comic Con 2021 will be happening in person this year on October 7th through 10th. Well, this doesn't mean that at Marvel Champions will have a presence at the event. Um, there's a chance that we will be getting an Ultimate Championship in person in 2021. Ooh. So uh, I'm on Reed, uh, Pop's exhibitor email list because I've done exhibitations with them before. Um, this is one panel of many for cons that they're putting out in 2021 uh this is a predictive date there is a disclaimer uh that this may not happen when it is happening but they've they have plans to host this in person from october 7th through 10th so do i think there is going to be one potentially um but if not i hope we do get together as a community and do something yeah for sure
0: yeah that would be that would be pretty cool <clears throat> do you feel like the they did a good job with the summoner showdown last year
2: hmm. considering I didn't win, no but <laughs> I did get three leaderboard placements though while they were doing open brackets um, I placed once on week two and twice on week three so I made it onto the board three times which is more than like majority of people can say <laughs> um, but I th- I think that there's ways that they can make it better Because obviously, I have issues with their banning of MCOC, um, or like uh, not MCOC, but like the young side of the MCOC community. I have issues with champion requirements being there, and I have a little bit of an issue with masteries being such an important part of it. So, if they were to create like an open environment where anyone could compete on the same level, that is what I'd really like to see coming up from it. Because I think everybody deserves a chance to be the ultimate champion for MCOC. Yeah, definitely,
1: man. That's awesome.
0: It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, JX, do you have anything else? I do, yeah.
1: I have a lot of notes. I've been kind of letting you guys talk so I can write notes. (laughs) Um, No, you're good. Yeah, so... Um, You do have the biggest MCOC collection. I I was claiming I had the biggest one, and everyone's (laughs) like, no, you got to talk to CT first. got to talk to CT. And, you know, we talked in messages, and I was, uh, you know, uh, my jaw dropped all the way to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All the stuff you have is crazy, man. It's Uh, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, I have um, all the – they've done a line of action figures. Some of them released publicly. Some of them um, hidden away and never saw the light of day. I have – the majority of prototypes for those series and i would love to share all the images with you but unfortunately in order to get them into my possession i had to sign an nda saying stating that i couldn't oh. so there's a few things that i uh <laughs> i have that i no one else in the world has that i can at least promise that much
1: that's awesome man um, yeah that, that's dope man um so yeah we were we were talking about psycho man you're talking about he's kind of like an empath with these three emotions, and uh-huh. you're talking about doubt how he can you know with the glance where well, he can like make glancing happen or he can make this what really interests me is that you said you know like, doubt specifically as an emotion, I was always thought of the gladiator, you know how he gets stronger as like he has like you know if, if he doesn't have doubt in himself he that's how strong he gets, and that's how you defeat him is you put doubt in him, and so I was thinking he'd be an insane gladiator. Uh, if he does come to the contest.
2: (laughs) Of course. Uh, yeah, there's... A lot of stuff that's just really insane. Especially with the boss fights and certain elders. That they could really do. Because... Elders of the universe, as boss fights, are so perfect. Because they are one note by nature. They are... They have a gimmick. Like, the champion has his thing. And he has been defeated by people in the past. And some characters he can't defeat, like Thing, who is just obscene willpower. Which is why they have such an amazing synergy together. I had that comic. <laughs> yeah, It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good read. It's a great one. Uh, but with all that stuff said, like I'd love to see more Elders of the Universe come and just be boss fights. Like huge mega boss fights in like Act 7 or Act 8, whatever it is.
1: Uh, yeah, they. Um, I think it was Mr. King. He was telling me if you go back to the Age of Century event, they almost name list every single elder of the universe that have like in contest, as in that motion co- in that cutscenes through that event. I think it was like the Judicator, the comp, the comp, the comp. Oh my goodness! The Contemplator. Yes, the Contemplator, <laughs> the Explorer. You know, so yeah, like you said, you know, boss fights could be coming, um, which I think is really cool. I'm, I'm excited for that. It's the runner. I really want. That's that's the main one I want. I love the Flash from the DC, so I would love a Speedster in MCLC. I
2: got you. Oh yeah, the first Grandmaster would be also pretty cool to see. Mr. King's typing in chat right now with theories. Yeah, a good one. I love Mr. King, man.
1: Um. So yeah, what uh, if there was a buff to one champion in the game? Who would you want it to be? Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
2: hmm. I would have to go with out of all the champions in MCOC that's currently just under underpowered and just kind of trash I'm just flipping through the champion roster right now seeing who I would like to buff full rework from the ground up probably superior Iron Man It's a good one yeah, it's, he's such an interesting character in the comics, and I just don't think he was done justice in MCOC in any way, shape, or form. He's a reskin of Iron Man with slightly modified stats when he's so much more than that. So much more than that. Yeah.
1: I was, uh, I was talking about, like, if we do an Iron Man buff, because I basically have a series going on where I'm playing all the older Marvel games and creating a buff for a character each time I play a Marvel game. And I <laughs> and I was talking about Spirit of Iron Man's not in any of those games except for as a skin in I think it's Marvel Capcom Infinite, and I was thinking like he's definitely you can play more into his villain side because you know if you know the if you know the comics what happened about his character is that he didn't switch like everyone got his heroes got turned into villains and he didn't switch basically he didn't resort uh-huh. back to a hero and so I was like he can definitely like he should get this villain play style that's what I was thinking like he should become play as a villain get some really cool you know you know he's not trying to like knock you out honestly he's trying to like defeat you for good kind of concept i think it'd be cool
2: (laughs) uh love to see that like some sort of in-game prep
1: oh yeah Um... (laughs) north star before quicksilver all right would you want to which character would you want to add it to the game
2: Ooh! now we're getting
1: or two if you want to like create an two, event yeah. <laughs>
2: I've, I've pitched a few events before um, one of my favorite events that could still technically happen would be Death's Head in US Agent uh, and this was pitched back in like 2017 before US Agent was confirmed to be like a, a leading character in um, <laughs> the Falcon and Winter Soldier series but I, I love you as Agent. I think that his character as a whole is really... It raises a lot of questions because of who Captain America is and the identity of that character, so... Uh, I don't know if my answer would still be that. I'd love to see, like, a Hunter event with Craven and White Rabbit.
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: Because White Rabbit has just been a... Ooh... Hey... I monitor comic book sales like a lot and she has just had a few that are very questionable and she's just been selling for a lot more than people expect her to. Like she, uh, her 9.8 comics traditionally sold for around $130 for all of last year until November. And then they shot up to a thousand dollars. And I don't know what it is because there is nothing on it And the only time that has happened (laughs) are with like characters that are being bought up from people inside of Marvel for like display purposes. Like, that happened when characters were added to the MCU, but that's just baseless speculation. Um, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, Turkey could be correct in chat. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah, sex appeal. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could yeah, see it's, this. It's, um, but I mean, hey, if you want sex appeal, just go for, like, J. Scott Gamble and oh, yeah. some Archer variants. variants <laughs> uh, But yeah, that's... Um, I'd love to see an event made out of those two, because I think that they have treated certain characters that like right, White like White Rabbit, uh, like Tigra, really well in game. And I, I would be very interested to see what they would do with that. Yeah. Yeah, you said White Rabbit for it. I was like, don't you mean
1: White Fox? And she was in the comic, the Contest Champions comic books? Close, but yeah, <laughs> close nice to
2: die. Yeah. Marvel team up 131, baby. So 131 um, or 141? My I don't
1: comic know. knowledge is slip, slipping. <laughs> you can go, Exon. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to talk. Okay. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Uh, I was correct.
0: I, I really didn't have anything. Oh,
2: okay.
0: <laughs> I was just listening to you guys talk.
2: Always love talking
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome I, I definitely can feel your love for the comic book characters
2: stories and you know everything I, I really appreciate it so let me flip this back on you guys uh, you guys said that you guys are kind of new to the MCOC community in terms of creating content what do you guys want to do Ooh. Uh, what do you guys see yourself doing in like 5 episodes from now 50 episodes from now uh, you want me to
1: go first or um, you want me to go first
0: <laughs> yeah you can go ahead bro um, let me think about it for a minute
1: Yeah, like I told you, you know, I like making theory videos. Um, You're doing something right now with Frontline is building the dialogue of the game. That's something that I've wanted to do and kind of just uh, kind of educate people on the lore of the game. Like you, you know, you love the lore of the game. A lot of people, you know, you see it all the time when people are playing this game. They just skip through the, the dialogue of the game. So I really love to you know, bring some more love to the lore. Um, right now I'm building buffs for certain characters and that's, that's, that's what I'm doing right now and I'll get into more cool content. I'm kind of staying away from guides basically. I want to focus on the lore of the game and have make an entertaining content that way.
2: Interesting, that's super interesting. And never be afraid to uh, not necessarily step on the toes of other creators, just do something that they're already doing because competition always breeds innovation and being scared of doing something that's already <clears throat> being done is kind of a pointless fear.
0: Yeah.
2: What about you, XN? <laughs> uh, he might be a little bit preoccupied with. Hang
0: moment. on, I'm preoccupied. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, that sounds really interesting, and I I love the lore aspect of this game. Um, I really think that there's a lot of things that can be discovered, and it's just. Uh, really interesting and can be done
1: (laughs) Slayer plans on taking over the world soon
2: (laughs) dude Slayer you have so much free time I envy the amount of free time that you have man
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh. yeah he's awesome (laughs) Um, I started to get into the story when it was easier to read like MCOC Journal was putting on leaks
0: okay I'm back sorry my son was having a hard time um, with for for the content that I create, I guess uh, my with the podcast, I really just wanted to um, reach out to like people like yourself who know a lot about MCOC and and uh, the con- the contest itself, you know just to support their content and spread the word, you know for other people, like J-Axe, uh, who doesn't, uh, who's new to the scene, I would say, you know.
1: Yeah, October 2020. <laughs> That's when I started. Right.
0: And I, I started uh, the podcast in September, so, I mean, and Moose really was uh, one of my main inspirations uh, through the MC Lounge and, uh, and the UMCOC podcast, you know, so... I don't know. That's really all I got.
2: Well, here's something. uh, Here's a nugget of information that I can leave you with that uh, not a lot of people are aware about and is MCOC-related. But back in a while ago, and this is technically a, a leak, but it's not technically a leak. It's something that's been public, but not a lot of people know about it. So... When Gabriel Frazera did an interview with the UMCOC podcast, he said something about a certain wall mural that they have. and And this was after the UMCOC podcast had closed. The audio recording had stopped and all the cameras and mics were dead. He said that every single champion featured on a wall mural would be added to the game. And one of the most prominent champions featured in that wall mural that hasn't been added yet is Hobgoblin. And that is... My last note for the night, if you guys have nothing else planned, but Hobgoblins probably come into the game sometime. That's, but, uh... that's
1: cool, man. I made, a, I made a, uh, an edit of of, Goblin, of the Green Goblin as Hobgoblin that I posted a few months back, and everyone loved it. So that's awesome, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, coming soon as in, this was technically teased, um, Apocalypse was also in the wall mural. Oh. And uh, I think this was back in like 2018. So they think far ahead, but uh, yeah, I'm sure it's coming soon as the line bases are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Spider Ham, he was teased in like 2015 for April Fools. So, you know, there's tons of champions. That's why I've been making a whole list. I think I have a list of 50 characters not in the game that Kabam have teased, and the list keeps mm-hmm. growing. So hopefully, uh, we'll see some of these characters come come to the contest soon.
2: I, uh, my personal speculation, I hope Armor gets voted into the X Men with the X Men vote, so that we finally see her in M C O C. She was teased a while ago.
1: Yeah. Same with Legion, bro, my favorite character. I need him, man. I need him. With Shadow King, dude, I gotta have it.
2: It's been so long though. Legion is uh was a hard champion to pull off.
1: Yeah, I'm making uh, me and Turkey are trying to build a build for him for contest that's been on the on the low for a while now. But you know, every, all the things happening busy with the Future of Society, so we'll get back to it soon. that <laughs> to be busy. fun.
2: Yeah, I'm, I uh <laughs> I really like the idea that of you playing through older games and designing champion buffs through that content. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, thanks, man. Doing uh, Shattered Dimensions right now with the Spider-Man
1: symbiote buff and a Spider-Man Noir build, but it's kind of difficult to make that because he's like
2: a stealth character, <laughs> like I was saying. Yeah, we already have a uh, stealth Spidey in the game, so kind of hard to do something different with it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, you know would be cool, though? If you could, if the game, would you feel it'd be black and white? Like, you, if you've played him, it's
2: black and white. I don't know if people would like that. That'd be cool, though. I could see, like, a background color splotch, kind of like how uh, Iceman's Frost exists in the background of the rounds when you're playing with him, and how Professor X's yeah. psychic mindscape appears in the back. Yeah, I can see that. I'd yeah. like to see that. I'd like to see that. I think that would be very cool.
1: Yeah, I might have to pull from the Into the Spider-Verse movie to see how he interacts (laughs) with the different dimensions.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Harder to see some specials and stuff, though, right? Yes, but have everything colored in? Or, like, have the champions colored in and have their special attacks colored in? Because we technically have seen color with Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. If he integrates the Rubik's Cube into all of his attacks, whatever the... uh, (laughs) whatever his special attacks are, like, that would be a very easy way to showcase color through uh, Spider-Man Noir. Or even, like, having them shine or having them shimmer as he's throwing them. That's something that I could see integrated into a potential kit for something like that to make it relatively easier to see. Or even just have all of his attacks be melee. He was pretty much a beat-em-up character in the movie. I don't see any other reason why he can't be... He felt like a boxer. Yeah, he was a bruiser.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, big potato. He says he's your biggest fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, says uh, that, <laughs> he says if he says if MCL lasts forever, there'll be an infinite amount of champions, um, which I think Kabam Gabe has said that he wants to add every champion to the game. So, and he wants to know if you can solve a Rubik's cube.
2: <laughs> I uh, it, it might take a bit, but probably eventually. <laughs>
0: uh
1: Nicholas Cage I mean why wouldn't he return Because we got um, John Mulaney to come back As Spider-Ham So I could definitely see Nicholas Cage coming back For a motion comic That'd be sick Ghost Rider all right. I guess Spider-Man Noir You know I still love him as Ghost Rider
2: And Hey what's up Baked Potato You said uh, Big potatoes in your chat Not yeah, Baked Potato Big Potato Yeah Big potatoes In my YouTube chat <laughs> uh, Yeah he's He's been here I like him
1: uh, he also wanted to know how many documents have you made? <laughs> a lot? <laughs> um, hmm. In the sense like you made the theorizing, theorizing the state of the battle realm. <laughs> I haven't
2: made a whole lot equal to that that's that are public, but I do have a lot of... Uh, I script all my videos, like even... I did my high concept video for December. Was the worst MCOC Christmas special ever? Remember that? Which was a a two hour scripted par show. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, um, I still get comments on it from people just finding it or going back to it and rewatching certain parts. It's just <laughs> uh, it's uh it's a trip. <laughs> yeah. haven't seen it, like, that's the one piece of content that is just... I don't know when I'll do something like that again, but it was hilarious. It was super fun to put together. I used to trip to look back on it, and I still have to edit, um, edit it completely. But when's the next 90-second champion review from Moose? Uh, I technically have six of them done and edited right now. Uh, next one, probably going to be Guardian. And I'm going to... Put a February release date on it. I have a high concept video um, that I will mention one part of here that I am waiting, that's fully edited, and I am waiting on uh, results to come back for the 7.1 Legends run. And one part of that video, for that high concept video, uh, which is about 12 minutes long right now, I did my 7.1 Legends run with only one hand. What? <laughs> And I have complete footage of all of it. What? That is. <laughs> That's cool.
0: That's <laughs> really.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, mm-hmm. Okay. I have so, uh... proof
2: of it. Uh... <laughs> proof of it being a thing, and I used a rank three six star ghost. So, Ooh. if I get a legends title from it, and I've, I get a legends run from it, I just want that to be the capstone of the video. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: Yeah, Slayer is Slayer is telling the truth. I'm not kidding. That that's that's cool, man. Uh, like Marcus Pack 16, he he has like this thing in his chat where he plays upside down, and and I've tried doing that, and it's 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 not like I can't do anything besides doing the base what I do usually. So I can't I couldn't even imagine doing one hand. At least it's ghost though, so that's
2: pretty cool. But man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. But the speaking of inverted controls, I I made it my life's mission to never, to, after New York Comic-Con 2019, I made a vow that whenever a new mechanic came out, I would learn how to play with it and play around it. Because if you're not aware, I lost Saturday's or Sunday's New York Comic-Con uh, tournament. I was the first place seed. I got the fastest completion time on that fight at New York Comic-Con. Uh, oh, and hurt. I I lost the final tournament by 1%. And it was because I messed up with inverted controls and I went for a repairy.
0: Wow. All I had to it... do was block for half a second more. He had the
2: incinerates, he would have died.
0: And you let go for a repairy mm-hmm. and got smacked in the face. <laughs> oh. And this was before repairy was even like a public thing yet. I was uh
2: working with a few people and like describing how the tactic worked. I still don't know how to do it. <laughs> I gotta learn how to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've uh, tried there's there's definitely a technique to it mm-hmm. so but it, uh yeah mind,
2: I wasn't into video editing so I just gave that information to like lags and some of the other content creators who were at near comic con that I was staying with
1: that's cool man
0: it's awesome I th- I think uh, if that that about sums it up everybody um JX unless you have anything
1: no I think it's our longest episode yet it's actually pretty awesome
0: yeah yeah that's awesome sorry Um, for running your time up no you're all good thank you for uh being here with us
1: yeah man (laughs) oh sorry there's one more thing my chat has been begging to ask is can you talk like swagger souls before we
2: go (laughs) okay let me do the voice Hey, what's up, boys? It's me, Swagger Souls, here again at this podcast. Dude, so good. <laughs> hey, what's up, boys? Are we cracking again? That's gonna get clipped so many times in my stream.
1: Thank you. Uh,
2: uh, do you want me to? All right. Right. Uh, do you have a specific line that you want me to say? Because I'll do that real quick in the voice uh i guess you
0: can just, just say, say uh the,
2: yeah go ahead Just say
0: thanks for coming by to xn interviews
2: Exactly. thanks for coming by to xn interviews thanks for swinging by at xn interviews have a good one thanks for saying it xn interviews
0: <laughs> thanks man i appreciate that <laughs> big potato says that
2: just sounds like ct <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point I have people running in and they're like wait a second it, CT just sounds like CT and then you have people coming in who just don't know me and they're like wait this sounds like this
1: <laughs> a radio
2: station that'd be cool
1: it's funny yeah, I, you I do have
2: a radio show but that involves other things and if you find it I applaud you <laughs> Slayer I could never do an impression of you you have like a voice that's very low and you talk in very gravelly <laughs> hey what's up guys it's me Slayer of God yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's in a deeper register though so it's a little bit harder to deal.
1: yeah his voice is so unique same with yours like I guess you you do sound like you know such a big youtuber and everything but it, it still
2: is unique so it's yeah. pretty awesome there, there's differences I don't roll my A's as
0: much yeah <laughs> uh, alright everybody if that's it I'm going to go ahead and get out of here right. call it a night <laughs> uh, Yeah, this, this was fun yeah thanks again CT uh, thanks Dragoon thanks to uh, everybody in Discord Moose Slayer Gobble Von Gobble Turkey, <laughs> Mr. King um, I appreciate everybody for coming by And uh, have a great Saturday evening.
1: (laughs) Good night, everyone.